another Friday has arrived, and somehow this is the 14th such day of 2022. Is this year going faster than the others? And if so, is there a way this could be stopped? These are not questions within the scope of Charlottesville Community Engagement, a newsletter and podcast that seeks to put some of the pieces together. I'm your ever-puzzling host, Sean Tubbs. On today's program, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors returns to in-person meetings and they commemorate Fair Housing Month. Both the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission and the City of Charlottesville award funding to housing projects in the area. The City of Charlottesville may change the way it administers transportation projects. Governor Glenn Youngkin rescinds an executive order that banned state agencies from using single-use plastics. Bacteria levels in a Charlottesville waterway are back to normal, and the city of Charlottesville will resume disconnecting utility customers for unpaid balances. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, Charlottesville's community celebration of the life, times, and legacy of Martin Luther King Jr. continues on Sunday, April 10th with keynote speeches from the Reverend Brenda Brown Grooms, the Reverend Alvin Edwards, and Rabbi Tom Guthers. All three will appear at the event at the Ting Pavilion on the east end of Charlottesville's downtown mall, beginning at 3 p.m. on Sunday. Reverend Brown Grooms is the co-pastor of New Beginnings Christian Community, Reverend Edwards serves Mount Zion First African Baptist Church, and Rabbi Guthers is the head of the congregation Beth L. The community celebration is put on each year by the Mount Zion First African Baptist Church. Visit and bookmark the YouTube MLK Seville page to review part one of the celebration from this year, as well as previous events. After 25 months, the Albemarle Board of Supervisors have held a meeting in Lane Auditorium, where they have been meeting since the county acquired the former Lane High School from the city of Charlottesville for an administration building back in the late 1970s. Members of the public were there too, and Rivana Supervisor B. Lepisto Kirtley noted the occasion. I just wanted to welcome everybody who came today, and it's wonderful to be back in person and to see so many people, and for all of us to be together. The sentiment was shared by Scottsville Supervisor and Chair Donna Price. It is wonderful to be back live, in person, in Lane Auditorium, and we expect that we will continue to see more people show up for our meetings. But the silver lining that's come out of the pandemic in terms of our situation is that we now have this hybrid opportunity, so those who are not able to come to Lane Auditorium can still participate virtually. Albemarle supervisors then made a proclamation to recognize April as Fair Housing Month. Supervisor Ned Galloway of the Rio District read from the proclamation, which marks the 54th anniversary of the passage of Title VIII of the Civil Rights Act. This act provides for equal housing opportunity for all Americans regardless of race, color, religion, sex, national origin, familial status, or disability, as well as to ensure fair practice in the sale, rental, or financing of property. The proclamation states that it is the intention of Albemarle supervisors to recognize the importance of housing rights. They heard from Stacy Pethia, the county's housing coordinator. 
I can't say enough about how important it is to be able to provide housing choice to all of our residents, um, because where we live really does matter. It, it determines the, the quality of education we will have, the quality and types of employment opportunities that we can access, what amenities we have available to us. Um, and so fair housing is really the basis of, of success throughout everyone's lives. Pathia said Albemarle is celebrating Fair Housing Month with an art contest. Visit the county's website at engage.albemarle.org to learn more and to submit your work. The Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission has awarded $1.8 million in funds to regional housing nonprofits and entities. The funding comes from a $2 million grant to the TJPDC from the entity formerly known as the Virginia Housing Development Authority for the purpose of constructing or preserving affordable housing. Ian Baxter is a planner with the TJPDC. So by virtue of us receiving $2 million, we uh, are obligated to construct at least 20 new affordable um, housing units. The TJPDC received five proposals totaling $6 million in requests. Baxter said these were measured by a series of metrics. Cost per unit, the funding will be split between type of three providers, affordability level, each. site control, funding sources, and the capacity to be completed by June 2024. The funding will be split among three providers. Three different Habitat for Humanity chapters will receive 640000 for 32 new units to be built throughout the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission region. $660,000 to the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority for 48 units at the second phase of the South First Street redevelopment, and $500,000 for Virginia Supportive Housing for 80 new permanent supportive housing units as part of the Premier Circle Project in Albemarle County on US-29. This $1.8 million will fund developments in all of the six jurisdictions in the planning district. It'll create a mix of rental, supportive housing, and new homeownership units, all affordable. This is the first time that the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission has received funds from Virginia Housing for this purpose. Executive Director Christine Jacobs said she is hopeful that there will be another round in the future. On Monday, the city of Charlottesville awarded 750,000 funds. On Monday, the city of Charlottesville awarded $750,000 in funds from the Charlottesville Affordable Housing Fund. Alex Ikafuna is the interim director of the Office of Community Solutions, a relatively new division of city government set up to oversee housing policy. Uh, staff received uh, seven applications, totaling $4.6 million. They are $425,000 to the CRHA for the South Street Phase 2, $75,000 for down payment assistance for Habitat for Humanity of Greater Charlottesville's Equity Homeownership Initiative, $100,000 for Albemarle Housing Improvement Program's Charlottesville Critical Repair Program, $50,000 for the Local Energy Alliance Program's Assisted Home Performance and Electrification Ready Program, targeted to owner-occupied homes. LEAP also gets $100,000 for a similar program for renter-occupied homes. Council also agreed to amend the bylaws for the Housing Advisory Committee to reduce its membership and to transfer review of city housing funds to a dedicated Charlottesville Affordable Housing Fund committee. 
three councillors indicated they wanted to make sure that a representative from the Charlottesville Redevelopment and Housing Authority is on the amended Housing Advisory Committee. Here's City Councilor Michael Payne. I guess in my view, the bottom line is just to try to have um, a body that's more effective at giving um, City Council guidance on how to implement our affordable housing strategy and meet our affordable housing goals. And these are just changes meant to have it be a more effective and efficient body in doing that for us. Payne is also on the CRHA's Board of Commissioners. In another sign that the pandemic has receded, the city of Charlottesville has announced they will resume disconnecting water, sewer, and natural gas service for non-payment beginning next week. Here's a section from an announcement that was sent out by the city yesterday. Green door hangers will be distributed to addresses that owe balances, encouraging customers to set up payment arrangements. The city's utility billing office stopped disconnecting service for unpaid bills in March of 2020, soon after the state of emergency was declared, followed by a moratorium that was soon after imposed by the State Corporation Commission. That SEC moratorium was lifted last September. According to the announcement, the city's utility billing office continued to tell customers with unpaid balances how much they owed. The city covered the cost of $557,000 of unpaid balances through various federal assistance programs. In March of 2021, former Governor Ralph Northam signed an executive order banning state agencies from buying, selling, or distributing single-use plastics. His successor, Governor Glenn Youngkin, has called that directive burdensome, and yesterday replaced it with a new one that directs state agencies to recognize the value of recycling. Here's a section from Executive Order 17. It is the policy of the Commonwealth and all executive branch state agencies, including state institutions of higher education and their concessioners, to increase awareness of the importance of recycling and better capture recyclable material, as well as encourage the use of post-consumer recycled products and biodegradable materials. The order also takes an economic development approach and directs the Department of Environmental Quality to attract recycling-related businesses to Virginia. The University of Virginia formed a working group last April to begin to implement the Northam administration's order. Last month, the UVA Sustainability Office accepted the 2022 Governor's Environmental Excellence Gold Award for its efforts, according to an article on their website. A spokesperson for the University of Virginia says that the university will continue to explore sustainability and reduce waste, both in conjunction with the original Executive Order 77 and with Governor Youngkin's Order 17. Bethany Glover, deputy spokesperson, told Charlottesville Community Engagement that sustainability leaders at UVA will be evaluating the new executive order to determine what additional steps need to be taken. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and it's time for our second subscriber-supported public service announcement. Tomorrow, the Charlottesville area tree stewards are going to hold their first in-person tree sale since 2019. Tomorrow, from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., the Charlottesville area tree stewards will open up their tree nursery at the Fontaine Research Park. 
and will sell saplings of native trees, some of which are hard to find from commercial sources, and the prices will be between $5 and $15. There will be large trees from birch to sycamore, smaller trees from black gum to witch hazel, and don't forget, shrubbery. Visit charlottesvilletreestewards.org to learn more. Several more segments to go today. The members of the Thomas Jefferson Planning District Commission have indicated support for two separate planning efforts for more pathways in the region. Both Albemarle County and Greene County are seeking federal funds to build new infrastructure. Let's hear first from Jessica Hirsch Ballering, a transportation planner with Albemarle County. The grant would fund a shared bike and pedestrian path um, from the city of Charlottesville to Crozet, likely along a US 250. From there, it would continue west all the way to um, the Blue Ridge Tunnel in Nelson County. Now let's hear from Jim Friedel, the Greene County Planning Director. So in Greene, because we're a more rural community, there are not walking paths even in our growth area. You can't, if you live in the housing that's in the growth area, there's no safe way to walk to the shopping and work centers. A federal infrastructure bill passed by the U.S. Congress last year has increased funding for the Rebuilding American Infrastructure with Sustainability and Equity grant program. That goes by the acronym RAISE. Albemarle is requesting between $1.5 million and $3 million for their planning effort. The idea would be to build something that works as both a functional transportation use as well as a recreational destination that could attract tourism, as is the case with the Virginia Capitol Trail in the Richmond area. This is a range that we're requesting uh, because we are still working through our budget uh, for this project with some local consultants. We will have a number somewhere in in this range uh, finalized by the time we submit our application late next week. If funded, the Albemarle Project would first conduct a feasibility study, particularly to identify a route between Crozet and the Blue Ridge Tunnel. Um, It could go directly through Crozet, it could go a little south of Crozet and go near a few more schools, or it could follow potentially the CSX uh, railroad line to have a very um, gentle grade for the entirety of, of that section. The funding would also include public outreach as well as functional design for the trail, which would fall short of the environmental review necessary for it to go to construction. So the idea is that it would be really expensive to fund, to construct the project all at once. So what we're probably going to do is identify those pieces that can stand alone and then um, use some of our more common smaller funding sources to, to fund construction separately. The entire route of this new three-notched trail would span between 25 to 30 miles and would connect three localities. The TJPDC agreed to send a letter of support without comment. Greene County is seeking $1.4 million in a raise grant to plan for a trail between the South River Falls and the northwest of the county to the town of Stannardsville. A second pathway would follow along US-33 to connect to the unincorporated area of Ruckersville. And then interconnectivity pathways in Ruckersville that connect the two nodes of the Ruckersville uh, growth area. Friedel said Green's project would also likely be built in phases. More on this as both projects develop. 
Since 2005, the city of Charlottesville has planned and administered construction of transportation projects within city limits as part of something called the First Cities Program, or the Urban Construction Initiative. This includes major projects such as the Belmont Bridge replacement currently underway and extends to the many smart-scale projects for which the city has received dozens of millions of dollars in funding. This week, Deputy City Manager Sam Sanders told City Council that this arrangement is under review. Our leadership and project management teams are completing a review of our VDOT program ahead of a deep dive with VDOT that's scheduled for later this month. We anticipate some changes that we'll be bringing to council in regards to how we manage those uh, projects going forward. Last year, City Council agreed to withdraw local money required to match state funds awarded to the West Main Streetscape and put those local dollars to renovations of Buford Middle School. Sanders said the city has begun work with the firm EPR on a study of 5th Street Extended to inform a new smart-scale application for this next round. Community meetings may be held later this month, but definitely by May. Council will get a presentation at their meeting on May 16th. There is no local match necessary for the pending replacement of a bridge that carries Derry Road over the U.S. 250 bypass. VDOT has provided $7.2 million in funding to replace the bridge from a pot of money called State of Good Repair. Tony Edwards is the Development Services Manager in the Charlottesville Public Works Department. It received a condition rating of four for the deck and therefore qualified for the SGR funding. In 2015, the sidewalk was replaced by a separate bike and pedestrian bridge next to the original structure, which will provide public access during construction. The design phase will now begin, and a public hearing for that phase will be held at some point in the future. Finally today, the city of Charlottesville has reported that the bacterial levels in a waterway south of the downtown mall have returned to normal. In late March, the Rivanna Conservation Alliance analyzed water samples from Pollock's Branch and found elevated levels of E. coli. A second round of tests saw lower levels. Here's a section from today's announcement. Given the steady decrease in E. coli levels and the lack of evidence of a source of the E. coli, the elevated levels were likely related to rainfall and associated runoff. The Rivanna Conservation Alliance will continue to monitor the situation. For more information, visit rivannariver.org. And we have come to the end of the flow of this installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement for April 8th, 2022. This is a service of Town Crier Productions, a company that I, Sean Tubbs, set up a couple of years ago in order to keep track of all this information. Next up, we're going to hear a little bit about what happened at last night's budget work session in the city of Charlottesville. There'll be another deep dive into that in the next installments of Charlottesville Community Engagement. When will that come out? Will it come out tomorrow? Will it come out Monday? Stay tuned. There will be a week ahead newsletter that comes out on Sunday, and it is very possible that the March property transactions that go first to Substack subscribers might be out this weekend. That also might be out Monday. Who 
knows? But you do get that if you are a subscriber through Substack. That's one of the perks that you get, a first look at some content. Uh, if you want to do that, of course, just sign up. And of course, the company Ting will match your first payment, which is a great way to show support for community journalism, this brand of community journalism, at least. Uh, that would be fantastic. There's other stuff you can do as well, uh, such as a Patreon subscription. For all of the information on what this all means, please go visit infocville.com and click on the support the info button. I am Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. Can't wait to finish this one so I can get to work on producing the next one. Thank you so much to all of the people who are subscribing uh, to this so far. Really appreciate it. And uh, stay warm, stay sunny, stay classy, stay informed. Stay not listening to this because I'm done with it. You can't listen to any more because I'm done. I mean, with this episode, I'll be back with episode 362 in the near future. Thanks for listening and goodbye.